Welcome to the Little Extra Lambo podcast. Coming to you live from the Palatial Palace of the South Hill Studios, Spokane, Washington. I'm bringing a show today with a really good old, old friend. Great friend of mine, uh, Jen Schmidt. Uh, we went to college together. She bounced down to see her, bounced over to Seattle, to Chicago, and now she's in Miami, Florida. Uh, we talk about uh, me being a fatty foodie and and uh, eating different foods down there. She is a sommelier. Um, she's taken she's taken master courses, and it was a very interesting conversation about how she got into that and what her passions are and and how she got to the level where she was at. It's always interested me. Um, I've always wanted to have a conversation with her about that and we were able to do it here on the podcast. So very excited for that. Um, Hopefully you enjoy the show. Check out her uh, website or actually it's her blog, summitup.com. She'll have a website as well that is not She's in the final stages as well as I am in the in the website, both learning from YouTube and how to create those websites. So uh, it will be up here shortly. And uh, she's got Instagram, Sum It Up, and Facebook page. So check her out and the, the different wines that she deals with and introduces to people. And hopefully, uh, hopefully you're able to get some knowledge from her. Um, things to plug, the Hotcast One Radio Podcast. It is episode uh, 36, 37, somewhere in there. Um, kicking off strong. We've got baseball season coming up here. Uh, April 5th is, or April 1st is opening day. The Indians start April 4th or 5th. I think it's the 5th. So we'll be diving into that here shortly of getting those shows out on the air. But can't can't believe how fast baseball has come around, but... Um, Hotcast One Radio Podcast, Spotify, Google, uh, Apple Podcast. Uh, check it out. Uh, hit me up if you don't can't find the link. But Hotcast One, and uh, and then this we're on we're on uh, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, a couple others. So just look for it. Little extra Lambo. Well, obviously you found it since you're listening, but pass it on to your friends. Pass that link on. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button download the shows that's how we keep track of everything that everybody's listening download the show listen to it and then delete it it's that easy it's all free it's all on there um hit the uh if you want to help with the show hit the promote or the um sponsor button and that will allow you to kick a few dollars our way to or my way to to keep the show up and running so uh without further ado uh my friend jen schmidt Hey. Good morning. Good morning. How I, are you? I'm, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> so, I bet. So we had it's we early had, there. Well, it, it's nine. I'm and I'm usually up, but my daughter uh, had uh-huh. she had her fifteenth birthday in November. I uh-huh. had I was sick with COVID over that Thanksgiving uh-huh. break, so she never got a yeah. birthday party. And okay. and you know as as a parent. You know that I was like, man, I gotta fit it in, and then every every weekend we got busy. Well, my my middle daughter, she had her birthday party, and 
Oh. Bailey had told her that, well, at least you get a party. And then as a father, I'm like, I, I that's, you know, oh, that's yeah, the worst. Nice that, to the heart. Yeah, yeah, that broke my heart. And I'm like, I, I cannot believe it's been this far down since we've had a party. Well, yeah. ev- everything that she wanted to do was still shut down. And then, yeah. you know, there was nothing that we could do. That's an excuse. But so last night she wanted to have two or two friends stay the night and mm-hmm. then go roller skating before. Okay. There's my opening. So we planned okay. her to go roller skating with her two friends. There was supposed to uh-huh. be two other friends that were going to come over, but only one of them was able to. And then, okay. uh, and then, um, so we sent them off. We had dinner. They ate coming back. And then I made two mint ice cream, Oreo ice, yeah, two mint <laughs> cakes uh, that I that I had made up for her. And uh, and then when she walked in, we're like surprise. And she doesn't do surprises very well. She's like, oh my god, I didn't ask for this. I'm like, no. I said your birth, you know, you missed your birthday, but she she liked it. So anyway, but so they watched movies and had popcorn and chips and sodas until like four in the morning well dad dad was up with them too and and then i'm like well all right well i gotta go to bed i set my alarm for like 8 30 so then that way i can get Uh up i can make coffee i can get moving around wait for your call apparently i slept right through that alarm uh no problem like we could have definitely rescheduled it too it's no problem nope nope it was it's all good i gotta i gotta be up anyway because eventually they're gonna get up and then I'm going to start making yeah. breakfast. I got bacon. I got hash browns. I got, you know, I got stuff to make. So. That's such a, you're such a good dad. Yeah, that's right. Apparently not since I forgot <laughs> my daughter's birthday. I didn't forget. It just didn't well, happen. you didn't forget. It was just like, uh, I don't know. There's this little thing called a pandemic going on and it's kind of complicated a lot of people's yeah. lives. <laughs> and and we're, we're kind of slowly coming out of that. And But how are, how are you doing? How, what are you up to? What's the weather like over there? Because we're freezing still um, over you know, here. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. It's getting really nice again. <laughs> um, so it's like, I, I feel bad to like rub that in your face. But uh, <laughs> yeah, especially over the last few days, this last week or so, like we're starting to climb back up into into the 80s, into like the like mid 80s, where it's, it's warm, but it's and the humidity level is starting to climb, which you, I can definitely feel a difference there. Um, but it, it's, you know, it's like currently right now it's sunny, it's warm. Like there is a little bit of like clouds and it looks like it wants to rain up a little bit further, like to the north. Uh, not, but at the same time, it, I know that that's going to blow off because that's kind of how this time of year with Florida and Miami, it's just, it will kind of, the temperature will kind of come and go or like the clouds and humidity. So and it you're, just, you're in Miami, it looks right? like it's going to. Yeah, like, I'm right. Like I'm right in downtown or, Miami. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in downtown Miami. Awesome. Yeah, so it's got to be it's, rough. It's good though. Uh, I mean, it's it has its pros and cons, you know. Like like everything else, you know, like where where there are the I like to try to focus on the, all the good things, and I actually really do like Miami. There's a lot of strange things about it. But there's again, there's strange things about everywhere that you live. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, Miami is. It, it's it's a its own culture down here because it's such a, a mixed South American mesh 
between, you know, Cuban, Venezuelan, Colombian, like all of these very Latino um, and cultural driven um, people. And it's, it's very different than growing up in the Northwest. I would love to come down. (laughs) I'd love to come down for two weeks because I'm a fat kid. And, and I don't know if I've ever had authentic Cuban food, yeah. but I would love to come down and try it. Cause I like the spice. I like the different flavors that they have. And as a fatty, I would go down and just eat for two weeks and then need to come home and diet. But, but there was, yeah, like you said, there is so much, there's, there's Cuban food, there's Venezuelan food down there just opens up the whole, I mean, you, you might have five, six, seven different cultures walking down one, one, uh, one, uh, one road going down there with, you know, where all the restaurants and stuff are at. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just like when you, and sometimes like when you're, when you're not from those countries, it's hard to differentiate for like you and I, it would be hard for us to say, Oh, this is distinctly Venezuelan. This is distinctly Nicaraguan. This is distinctly Peruvian. This is distinctly, uh, Colombian or Cuban. I mean, there are definitely obvious differences, but at the same time, for for us, where we grew up with a lot of farm agriculture people, you know, that are from, you know, it's just a very different different viewpoint. So, um, that, I think that's one of one of the things that I've really enjoyed about Miami is just an extreme immersion into a very different part of the world, and that's that is true i mean with the food the food is is vibrant it's soulful and quite delicious and yeah i I definitely think two weeks of being able to dive into the nicks and crannies is is always a a a good thing we've known each other a long time (laughs) yeah we have (laughs) 90 98 i think is when is when you and i had first met and in uh in small town moses lake washington uh, yeah, you went you went back to Spokane for a little bit, but then uh-huh. you ended up in Chicago. Yeah, how did you? Is that was that for a sommelier? How you got to Chicago? Yeah. Or what, how, how do you yeah. become so a sommelier? I, I, so I well, I stopped over in Seattle for six years before I went to Chicago. Um, basically, when I was gra- I graduated from Eastern uh, with a communications degree. And it was right at that point of uh, the, the economy where things were starting, weren't, um, you know, so open as far as like jobs and so forth. So I was like, I graduated and I really didn't know what I was going to do with it because I eventually I wanted to do a large um, event planning, like large scale event planning. But then I didn't really, I kind of rushed the end of my, my education and didn't really have a great career path as far as like, okay, now you do this and now you do that. And so I, uh, staying in the, the bar and restaurant there in Spokane, um, I started to develop a love for food and, and wine. My dad was really in, was getting into more fine wines because I grew up with the boxed wine in the refrigerator. And I was, was going to bring up your dad taste. in that, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and so that's kind of where I, I was doing some research and kind of deciding, you know, what path and what direction I was going to do because I, one of the restaurants that I was working at uh, before I uh, started my career of moving uh, was Blue Fish. And there was 
a really great crew there. And I really got the opportunity to, um, to really start to see wine and dining in a different light. Um, Eric Nagano was the, one of the partners at the time there, and he was very influential in my early years. And uh, I inter- introduced me to this idea of a sommelier and a bartender there at the time. His name was Andrew. Uh, he had worked in Portland and a few other places. And we went over to uh, Beverly's in Coeur d'Alene and met this sommelier. And it was just like, oh, my God, what is a sommelier? And so then doing some more research and kind of just um, opening my eyes to a world of encompassing everything that I really was interested in, especially at that time of, you know, promotion, people, wine, dining. It was very um, exciting. So I just decided, you know, this is something that I'm really interested in. And I saw that there were some courses and paths to be able to do your education, but it wasn't there in Spokane, but I could find that in, in Seattle through the Court of Masters. Uh, quartermaster sommelier and also the international sommelier guild and those are two different organizations and tracks that you can study through to get accreditations and kind of really organize your your education to become a sommelier and both have their strengths and I, I dove into both of them and uh, was able to start my my path and onto the track of becoming a sommelier so you really got to know, I mean, there's got to be thousands of different wines. You've, you you got to know what your menu is for whatever restaurant you're at. And then you've got to piece together, you know, what fits best for what food you have. How do you have to try everything on the menu? Or do you kind of have an idea already of, of what's on there to how you're going to give advice on what uh, what wine to have? Yeah, I think because as you're, you're, you're learning, you, you start to learn fundamentals. You start to learn building blocks as far as the hows and the why of why things work together. And eventually, a lot of things can be very theoretical pairing because no, as much as we would like to be able to taste every wine and taste every dish and taste every pairing, that would be our ideal world. Um, but that's not always possible. So when, when you're studying, you start to understand those things. And you do tend to do a lot of tasting and eating on your own time as well as in your, on your job. And then you start to make these connections and you start to build a roadmap for yourself that you're able to then becomes kind of your blueprint to be able to then replicate. Uh, when you have certain types of food, certain types of food cooked a certain way, accompanying with different with uh, certain ingredients, you start to have a Rolodex of styles of wine that tend to go nicely with those but one of the most important things that I learned early on from one of my first wine directors was understanding what wines don't work with your food is more important than really understanding what works because what works with food and wine pairing is very subjective you know what you like and what I like might not be the same thing like I can tell you this wine is going to be have more synergy. It's going to it's going to amplify the flavors of your dish. But if you don't like cilantro, that might not be a great pairing for you. Yeah. So it's one of those things where over the course of the years, you start to develop those that confidence of being able to understand guest preferences and understand how to work around those. 
I have, uh, I have, uh, or I had last night, I had a couple glasses of uh, 14 Hands, which is a local wine here out of the Columbia Valley here in Washington State. It's a nice red wine. I like it because it doesn't have that that strong aftertaste that some wines do give you. I'm not a big wine guy, so it, you know this one might might not be as good as some others that are out there. But just having that taste from from drinking the wine, having that aftertaste, and then the taste while it's in your mouth, I mean, is is very you know important in in what you're doing and how you recommend wines to other people as well. Yeah, and honestly, there are a couple of important things that you said for me, and it's not necessarily about what I think is good or what you think, or it's a matter of what I just am really excited about is the fact that you said, I'm not really a wine drinker, but I like this one, because, you know, and you're able to describe why. Um, my whole goal is just to make people more open to drinking wine. So the more people that say, I'm, I, I don't drink wine, you know, that's the challenge is to find something and get them to be open-minded enough to find something that they like. Challenge accepted. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's just like, I'm sorry, but I'm going to make you drink something, Uh, you know, but um, that's what makes my job easier is when somebody's able to describe more or less what they like or don't like, not necessarily having to be specific. So like for you to be able to say, I don't like a really strong aftertaste. I can, after asking a couple more questions, I can really kind of understand better of what you mean by that, because that might mean you don't like something that's strong in tannin. And and that's what, in your mind, that's what you're saying, like, okay, that's what the aftertaste is. It's more of a sensation, but it also can be kind of a lead to certain flavors. What 14 Hands does so well is that it brings this nice, really fruitiness but also like a depth of flavor that's relatable. Uh, and so for some people that are, don't really care for that big, strong tannin structure, those types of wines are, are good things for that. So yeah, 14 Hands, I think Chateau St. Michel is a, a great company. And I think it's what they do so well is that they understand the, the greater market as far as reaching out to people and finding something that is either price point driven or flavor driven um, or happens to be more terroir-driven or place-driven, and they they do something for everybody, which I really like. Yeah, and I'm, you know, not not being a wine guy, it's like you grab a bottle. I'll be at the store. I'll grab a bottle and I'll look at it, and I'm like, oh, you know, the bottle bottle looks cool. And then it's like, all right, so now I grab my my 14 hands, which I which I do like, and I've bought in a lot. And then, or else it's the one from Olive Garden that I'll get there. It's a it's a it's a pin, pinot, pinot. How do you say that? Uh, pinot noir. Pinot noir. Yeah, that's what I get at while I'm at the <laughs> Olive Garden. So I know what that one is. But then I'm trying to compare bottles, and I usually end up just going back to what I what I normally like. Is that is that something where I should just try the other bottle, and just and just yeah, kind of I've... vary variants around? I mean, I'm sure I'm a I'm a whiskey guy, so you know, trying different whiskeys here and there, but. If I don't, I, I know that I, with a whiskey, I can just drown it in some Coke and I can get rid of whatever taste <laughs> it doesn't have. I can't quite do that with wine. Yeah, you'd be surprised at how many people order a nice bottle of wine and have a Diet Coke on the side. <laughs> <laughs> nice little chaser. Uh... Exactly. But no, to answer your question, I, I, my answer is always yes. 
like if your question is, should I try it? I, I will say yes every time because the more things that you try and taste, the more you're going to open your mind. And you might not like it at first, but if you keep going back to it every now and again and say, oh, you know what? Your palate changes. Your palate starts to adjust. Because I, I would imagine that when you were, when back when we first met, when we were drinking Bush Light and Keystone and so forth, that, you know, like quality. how many times? Equality, of course. But were, were you able to, you know, like, understand that at some point you are going to crave a, a Belgian beer or a uh, whatever, you know, some strong high IPAs that um, are so great there in Washington. Yeah. But based on the palate, if you don't start to try those things, you're never going to expose yourself to be able to then say, you know what, I do like this, or my palate has now changed. I do like the extreme high uh, double IPAs and, and so forth now, considering I used to drink Bush Light. My, uh, I, you know, you know, my friend Brooks, my, my best friend. And, uh, it it was actually because of him. It's because of him for a lot of things. I'm just a dumb, dumb. It's because of him is actually why I kept buying wines. And, and you were, you hit it, you nailed it right on the head. First time you have a wine, it's like, God, this is not, you know, the, the, the trash beer that I was drinking. I don't, I don't like this. (laughs) I don't like this taste in my mouth. But yeah. but he was telling me a little bit about the differences of of what he looks for. So all right, I'll buy another bottle. My friend likes it. He's he's saying just you know just keep doing it and and uh, you know you'll get used to that taste. So and eventually you have. And then now you know I'm here to the point where I'm I'm at the store and I'm like you know I'm gonna have some uh, some chicken Alfredo tonight. I'm gonna buy a red wine and have with it. Yeah, I, I that's exactly it you know it's just like it's just keep going back and trying it and putting some food with it because wine is it's a beverage that's really designed to go with food there's plenty of wines out there that you can sit there and drink on its own and it's still quite delicious but when you put food with wine it just it transforms and it you it really does tell a different story um so i I definitely i would highly recommend that do you do you go tour any of these wineries? Um, whenever I can, absolutely. I mean, uh, if they were a little bit more accessible, I would probably do it more often. Not too many um, wine but, wine uh, wineries down there where you're at. Well, there is actually a couple um, here in Florida and South Florida. Um, I have not been up to them, but um, there's one. I can't remember the name of it, but actually makes an avocado wine or like fruit wines and things like that. So you can make wine out of anything, but whether or not it's good, I don't really know. <laughs> the the avocado wine, I'm thinking that's just straight protein going, or not not protein, yeah, straight protein going in with some good fats, <laughs> liquid style. Exactly. I mean, I think our bodybuilders out there would be would really appreciate that. <laughs> you know, and we're 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 up here in the Northwest. I mean, we're privileged to have as much land able to to you know to to grow the 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 grapes and everything needed for these wines we're we're very spoiled in that that you know we drive 10 miles down the road we find one we drive another five miles yeah. down the road we find another one and or you go down to walla walla and it's just mile after mile after mile of of wineries all over the place so we're very spoiled in what what we have and you know unless you have a a, a fine 
taste of it to where you know exactly what you're looking for. You could stop off at all of them and have a really good road trip by the end of the day. <laughs> exactly. And that's why I, I, I strongly suggest taking advantage of it. You know, when you go back to the, the comment of, should I, should I try it? Should I taste it? And that's the perfect opportunity for you just to like go and try it. Spend the $10 tasting fee and taste through 10 different wines and you never know what you're going to like, or you never know what you're going to uh, decide on maybe even buying a bottle and taking it home with you and supporting the local market. I mean, it's right there in Spokane alone, what there's probably 12 or so. Yeah, I was, uh, was going to say 10 or 12. On, yeah. Well, I remember when I w- still lived in, uh, in Spokane, I actually worked at Arborcrest wine cellars. That's one of the place, first places that I kind of cut my teeth there in the more of a wine centric, um, um, setting and it was it was definitely an experience that I am very very grateful for and being having the opportunity to have all of those wines that Christina makes at my fingertips to be able to taste and try and talk about you know that right there is worth every penny for uh, education wine. I was just looking online here of of uh, how many wineries are in Spokane and it keeps wanting to bump me down to Walla Walla. I said, no, it's a yeah. defined Google search. Damn it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Arbor, okay. Arbor Crest is always the, the one, the main one that comes up. They've got a nice area, a nice dining area outside or patio area outside. And, and uh, it's an, it's a nice place overlooks the Valley. It's, it's a pretty cool place up yeah. there. Well, it's, I mean, it's so historical too. I mean, just the property alone is so gorgeous and, what the Van Loban cells have done to the property and the, the money that they put into that property to, to restore it and to, or to update it. It's just, it's such a gem there in Spokane that, um, uh, yeah, it's, I remember one of my, some of my favorite moments are in the summertime working up there, um, during the concert season and, um, before, or after all the, all the guests have left, um, uh, from the concerts and having that moment of like, seeing the, the sunset, which a lot of people don't get the privilege of seeing the sunsets out there because <laughs> they're closing the property and just seeing how gorgeous the, the valley of Spokane looks with a beautiful glass of wine in your hand and just being able to take it in. Such a beautiful place. This is a mid-roll read. Crave Eats, Drinks, and Nightlife, downtown Spokane. They've updated some items on the menu. Come check out the all-new B-L-A-T, bacon, lettuce, fried avocado, and tomato. This comes with a side of fries or tots. Also, dive into the crispy fried buffalo cauliflower. Yes, I did say cauliflower, and yes, they are amazing. Crave Eats, downtown Spokane. When you first started, did you have to just dive into drinking wine? Not to the point of, of becoming an alcoholic, but I'm sure you had to have, you know, done your done your part in taste testing. How how does that work out of, of you taking taking I'm sure you took a sip here, sip here, or did you actually drink full bottles? I'm uh, that was just wanna wonder wonder uh, how did you how do you answer, dive into the, that? Again, the answer is going to be yes to all of that. <laughs> uh, because, of course, there's there's drinking for pleasure and there's drinking for education. Um, I definitely did my fair share of tasting groups where 
you're getting together with other like-minded professionals doing organized casings um, to learn the structures of deductive casing because during our exams, we do have to do blind tastings. And that is, you know, some people think that it's a, you know, a magical thing, uh, but it's actually, it's very much more technical than that. And, and it really does take uh, repetitions of tasting and breaking things down and knowing your fundamentals. It's just like, it's like training for any other Olympic sport or so forth. You have to understand your fundamentals to be able to use it. So, and do it often. So the answer in the fun way is yes. And then two, it is also, it is regimented because when you're getting up at, you know, tasting wine at 10 o'clock in the morning and, and tasting high tannin nebbiolos and high acid rieslings at 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, at some point you either have a problem or you have a job. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just chalk that up. Well, it's part of my, my training for my job. <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> how did uh how did 2020 affect you i mean you're you're down there and and there florida florida itself was a hot spot there for a long time how did how did 2020 affect you and and what you do yeah i mean 2020 affected everybody um especially everybody in the restaurant industry um across the country and in very different ways and you're right, Florida was definitely a, a hotspot for pros and cons. Um, so it was definitely in the, the national attention for people coming here in drones and, and so forth and flocking to the beaches and all that, that crazy stuff. Um, so that, that definitely happened. Um, as far as the rest, our restaurant in particular, we, we did close and we did reopen and then we reclosed and then we reopened. So we did feel the effects of that, but not nearly the effects, say, of somebody in New York or even there in Washington, um, because here in Florida, the, it was a little looser as far as what our um, requirements were, not necessarily for protocols of when we were open, but when we were able to open. So we closed down like everybody around March, and then um, we did reopen for just takeout. Um, because all in, in indoor dining was closed, no dining at all. That was also during um, lo uh, mandatory lockdown, but we were able to have takeout. So we went from a restaurant that never did takeout before to doing solely takeout. So there were there was definitely learning curves there. So I was um, fortunate enough to be able to um, have a job at that point too. Um, I was furloughed for off and on, uh, where doing um, a couple weeks on, having a week off, doing a couple weeks on, and so forth. So that was it's mentally taxing because now you're no longer really doing the job that you love, and you're kind of having to pivot and do something different and doing more of a, a takeout kind of assembly type of a position. So that was a little bit challenging just because it was just that mental struggle. Um, but it was a paycheck. So I was definitely grateful I, that I had steady income through that. We reopened in uh, mid-June, I think. And then uh, we're able to do, I think we started, no, I think we actually had partial indoor dining and out, uh, outdoor dining right away. Um, and then that's one of the reasons why we chose to reopen is because that there was um, opportunity for indoor dining. Because again, if you think about Florida in the middle of July, 
I don't necessarily think I really want to eat outside in 100 degree <laughs> weather with 100% humidity. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, it's no the doubt. flip side of what what everybody was going through in the north in the in the winter. You know, nobody's going to want to sit outside when there's 10 feet of snow. Oh, but uh, people so, did it. Well, actually, it's what we did I, up I here. Is we they they did these tent structures and then they plumbed in heat. What the yeah. difference was, was yeah. from being inside to outside, I guess, is the vinyl walls. I mean, there was no yeah, difference. That, yeah, yeah. And that, we, we felt that, too, um, because that was definitely a big thing as far as building out uh, building out outside areas. And, you know, it's like it, it gets to some point where you're just like, what's the difference between being inside and outside where you're just like, when it's completely enclosed in every angle, you're like, yeah, it's almost like it's almost counterintuitive because there's less airflow and less air ventilation in that kind of a situation than you are in a restaurant indoors where there should be air filters and airflow and so forth. Correct. So, Correct. Yeah, that was that's it's an interesting <laughs> interesting thought process on those things, and so that's why I was I had that kind of love hate relationship with the idea of the igloos. You know, it's like that's kind of how I, I saw them. But, you know, I, what I did like is I did see, you know, some of these restaurants that were doing like the little pods where they're like more individualized. So I thought that that was very smart. I mean, probably had to have been expensive, but um, yeah. I did I, I did appreciate the innovative uh, entrepreneurial mindset when they were looking Definitely. at doing things like Definitely. that. Definitely. You had to be creative. And I was going to bring up the, the individual pods, but I didn't, I've never been in one, so I didn't know how they worked, if there was a, a vent going yeah. out, how they kept warm inside of there. But definitely. No idea. I just saw a few of them, like more or less on social media. But the, the, the restaurants that I saw that was posting about them are, are very responsible type restaurants. So I would imagine they took every protocol necessary to make them safe. Yeah. And the restaurants around here, they didn't mess around. If they were given 25%, they were really some some weren't they were like well if we can have 25 percent, we can nudge that to 50 percent. so now we're supposed to be 50 percent, but really i see no difference in where we were for before yeah i but. mean it's it's actually it's it's hard sometimes to to really understand what 25 percent of your restaurant looks like or what 50 percent of your restaurant looks like you know like how many tables it has how many occupancy and so forth so it's tricky to be able to put that kind of percentage on a restaurant. Um, that's, I, I think that that it's difficult to manage. So I think that that is, uh, I applaud the restaurateurs who are able to, to manage them appropriately. Um, Cause it's, that's not an easy thing because, you know, it's not, not always, especially when you're starting to creep up into the 50% occupancy. And especially now that people are starting to be like COVID what, like it's no longer a thing. And so people start to not really respect those boundaries as much. Yeah. That's what I'm starting to find here in Florida is that that's, I think that's also the difference is so now, now in Miami, it's like it, things are just so much more relaxed and loose that there's still parameters and there's still protocols. And we're as a restaurant, we're still taking our um, protocols are still very seriously. We still have small san- uh, you know sanitizer bottles on every table we sanitize every table between we, ha- we, we have staff wear masks and gloves and all of the things that we were doing prior. It's more or less, it's just becoming more and more difficult to manage the, the guests 
when they're away from the tables, manage their expectations as far as how many people can be at a table. So I find that that's probably been the hardest part about being open, especially being here in Florida um, at this point, is that you start to just kind of throw your hands up and be like, you know, these guests don't care anymore. And as far as like getting up, going to the bathroom, not not putting their masks on, having to police them, having to ask them to go back to their tables and put their masks on, you know, that it can be, again, it's a mental wear and tear in that kind of department as far as just making sure that guests are still respecting the protocols of restaurants um, because it's, you know, we are a different sense of a frontline worker and I would hope that somebody wouldn't go into a hospital and refuse to put on a mask. You know, it's, it's a matter of like respecting the their industry and respecting what we do. Um, but, you know, it's like it's, um, that's kind of the direction that we're moving as far as within Florida. It's becoming a lot more, a lot more relaxed, but at the same time, you, you still see the sense of urgency with, within certain industries. It, it makes you wonder, you know, with all of the, the cleaning and all of that stuff that has to happen now, how dirt, and I, I'm a restaurant owner myself before, before I had moved back to Spokane, I had a restaurant and I know what I had to do. And I thought I was clean and because with, you know, I, I was dealing with donuts. So you have flour everywhere. If you don't clean it up, mm-hmm. you're going to have buildup in your corners and you're going to have buildup on, you know, on it'll, it'll float out in the tables and, and all that stuff. If you don't keep yourself clean, how dirty were some of these, these restaurants that now it's like, oh, we've had to go above and beyond to keep our restaurant clean. You should have been doing that before. So maybe this is a wake-up call to some business owners to not be laxed in their cleaning and their sanitation and making sure that they're doing all the right things to, to keep our, to keep their patrons safe going forward. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that. I mean, I think that that's a little dramatized as far as the making it sound like restaurants weren't taking action to keep themselves clean before. But um, I I do think it is a wake up call as far as just standards, as far as making, ensuring that, there is a high level of, uh, of cleanliness and standards as far as sanitation goes. But how many, t- how many people had to actually be reminded to wash their hands? You know, it's just like in a general yeah. statement. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you can't really just put that on, on a restaurant. Yeah. I mean, I think that as a, as a culture, as a, as a country, yeah, I mean, and, and I was kind of and I was reminded just, to wash your hands. Yeah, I was just <laughs> comparing it to what I know I had to do, you know, and, and people are gross. I mean, you, you might oh, go absolutely. out and, 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 you know, you'll check your oil and then walk in and go eat without using the bathroom. I mean, how many people do you see using the bathroom? You know, and that, I didn't know this was where the conversation was going to go, but how many people use the bathroom <laughs> and then walk right out, but then put I their know, mask on? I it's know. like, you just put your mask on, but you're not going to wash your hands. You're gross, man. No. Oh, my, my favorite is when people get up from their table and they hold their mask. Like they don't actually put it on. They just hold it up to their mouth to walk to the bathroom to just to like satisfy the people to like, not give them a hard time about putting on their mask. And then I'm like, I just laughed at myself because I'm like, what are you going to do with that now? Like, you're going to, are you going to hold your mask onto your face the entire time? I mean, especially some of these guys. I'm like, how are you supposed to go to the bathroom? If your hand is like connected to your face. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, some, you know, people are lazy and, and, you know, they're not, they're not clean. And hopefully that this is a, this was an eye opener for, 
for some people to get their shit together and, and be a little more cleanly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, I think just as a, as a, as a standard for everybody, you know, restaurants, stores, and personal hygiene, just as a, as a, as a as a whole yeah i definitely agree with that Uh, one thing that i like uh, one thing that i like that is that it happened from this is you know you're in the grocery store and you get the people that sit up in the lines but then they they're like two inches from you just waiting to get their stuff onto the belt to go and check out and it's that's opened that up i know we've created our own bubbles now so that's nice i don't have somebody else breathing down my neck just to so that they can get ready to check out it's like i can't move any farther further forward Give me some space, bro. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, it's just like personal space, you know, it's like that's, you know, that's the thing. Like, hello, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what is next for you guys? Where, where are you guys at? And, and or I guess not you guys, where are you at in your career? And then what is, what's next? What do you go to? Do you become like a master sommelier and then you start teaching or what, what's next for you? Well, I mean, as far as uh, I think there's a lot of fun things on the horizon and that I am working on. Um, I have been on the, the a restaurant floor for 13 years, and I'm, I'm kind of in the process of kind of looking at what's next for myself and creating those opportunities. I am working on a, on a wine blog that I'm hoping to get launched sooner than later, maybe even hopefully next, like within the next month. Um, I'm teaching myself how to create a website. So that's what's taking so long. And <laughs> I'm not savvy in this department at all. <laughs> so, um, yeah, learning how to create a, a, a web page has been a, um, a whole eye-opening experience. And it's a lot of YouTubing and a lot of crying and a lot of like, what am I doing? <laughs> yes. So, oh, no, no, I'm there. I'm, I'm there in that same seat sitting with you going, <laughs> I, I'm just, I don't know. Take, just take it day to day. And and if you got to walk away, because that, that website's what everybody's going to see. It's got to be right. Exactly. And if, if, you're, oh, yeah. if you're struggling right at that point, just walk away, go have a glass of wine, go have a donut, yeah. and then come back to it. And just, just kind of be refreshed and then hit it again. And that's that's exactly where yeah. I'm at. It's, it's, it's a lot of... I'm going to, I start it and then I walk away just because I, I'm, I, and it's probably not that I'm doing anything wrong. It's just that I'm, I'm so, I'm either a overwhelmed or I'm intimidated and yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, but, I, but the, what I'm actually taking away from this, the uncomfortable feeling about creating this website is trying to relate that then back again to wine and to sake actually, because I'm really into sake too, because I have been doing it for so long that sometimes you, I, I forget what it feels like to ha- make it as a topic on, you know, very uncomfortable. So like being able to continue to put yourself into uncomfortable conversations and uncomfortable topics continues to remind you of what it feels like to not understand the language, you know? So that's what I'm trying to translate into my blog is making it a education platform that's fun, it's accessible, it's inclusive, and it's a language that people can relate to. Um, so that's what I'm really, really looking forward to is kind of getting it off the ground um, and just having having my personal viewpoints and takes on a complicated topic and trying to 
bring more people in because going back to what you said about, I don't drink a lot of wine, but I like this one. You know, that makes me happy because that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to be able to open up the conversation and, and make it so there's people don't feel quite so intimidated and they feel like they want to try it. Um, so that's what I'm excited for. So the, my brand is going to be called song-it-up.com. Uh, it's not active yet, but again, hopefully soon. I did activate a Instagram page that's connected to that uh, to sum it up. That I will eventually, of course, link those things. So if you want a kind of a little preview into kind of a viewpoint, um, that's that's going to be it. It's mostly just the same pictures and stuff that you would normally see on my personal blog, on my personal Instagram. Kind of switching it over kind of talking about the, the picture and the viewpoint and the pairing a little bit differently than I would on my personal page to be able to kind of have more of a storyline, giving you more of the why it works versus just saying, hey, this is what I ate and drank today. You know, so that's that's kind of a, a viewpoint. So please check it out. Um, it's, it's That's open. Um, I think I have like five followers right now, which is cool because I only have like <laughs> 10 posts. You'll have so that's, six here um, in that's a second. What, <laughs> yes thank you thank you <laughs> and uh, so I have that going because I really want to establish myself and you know establish who I am and let people know who I am and then I'm also working on a couple other um, activities and, and platforms and so forth to coming into the works and kind of creating a, a consulting business and looking forward to launching that uh, and being able to do all the things that I've done over the last 13 years and kind of flip it on its head a little bit and be able to have the opportunity to be more accessible and creative and be more of an in, uh, an innovative voice in my industry and allow me to ex- share my experiences. Um, that's kind of the direction that I'm looking. So yeah, the education part, the I'd like to be able to continue to dip into building programs, educating staff, educating guests, so in all avenues, in all aspects of what that looks like. What is the what is your handle for your Instagram? Uh, my Instagram, I think, is, is sum it up for mm-hmm. that. You can also find my personal one, which is I don't know why, but I always have to look. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't want to give away your personal one if you don't. Want, if you don't feel comfortable. <laughs> my, no, my my personal one is is open. Um, that's oh, okay. what I've been building the majority of my uh, my platform just in the past. So my personal is jschmidt009. Um, that's going to have a mixture now of just personal stuff and wine stuff and all kinds of fun stuff. And then um, my other is going to be this uh, sum it up. Uh, no, no periods, no dashes, just sum it up. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, I'm gonna when I produce the show, um, and or publish the show, I'll I'm gonna attach all of this stuff up to it. So when you get that the blog and the website done send that over my way i'll add it to their to the prologue as well and uh see if we can't get you a couple more followers from from my show here that would be awesome and and that's also what i would be really excited about too is being able to kind of reach back and and touch people from from spokane and say hey and and let them kind of see what i've been up to you know it's like i i really enjoy being able to stay in touch with my friends from back home and I don't get the opportunity to come home very often but I'd love to be able to share what it is that I do 
and what I have been up to over the last years. And I think that that would be a really great way to do that. Yeah, and I missed you the last time you were here. I, we were in the middle of Little League season, and every night that you were going out, my son either had a game or we had a practice or, or something, and, and I felt bad when you left that I we didn't get to connect. So I apologize for that. No worries. <laughs> I know. Like, like, that's just, like Life is just so it's complicated. It's fast. And, you know, it's just like that's I think that was one of the silver linings about, um, about the pandemic, about COVID last year is that, it really forced people to have to slow down and, you know, be more connected with their internal family, whatever that looks like. If that's actually like blood family or if that's friend family or what that looks like. But it just made us, especially in our industry also, slow down and hopefully that there'll be more silver linings, you know, looking at different things within the restaurant industry and hospitality industry in general and just life in general for even outside my industry. But in everything it's just like within personal stuff you know like we all had to like slow down and see that how much of our family that is important you know it's important to have our relationships it's important to have our friendships it's important it's important to have those get-togethers and go home and so forth so i, I definitely you know since over the years haven't been uh home very often and i feel like this was an opportunity to to really kind of put that into perspective as far as what's important and, you know, that work-life balance and family and all, all of those things, I think are was a good time for everybody to kind of reevaluate where they are with those things. Definitely. Yeah. Being creative, not just sitting in front of the TV because that can only last for so long. I mean, this was, this, yeah. this, this pandemic happened a year ago and I actually, I had my birthday and, and there were things in place that were starting to happen at, at, you know, middle of March and now we're a year later. And so I don't, yeah. I know a lot of my friends and I've got a lot of business owner friends who they had to kind of change up what they were doing. Um, I started a, a podcast and now I'm starting this podcast and it, you just, you've got to do something else with your mind instead of just sitting in front of the TV, staying closed exactly. off. You can't meet fa- friends and family. So now we've got to become creative in how we can stay engaged, stay active and, Hopefully it, it's positive and you grow from it as a person. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's so, there's so much information out there and there's so many opportunities for people to learn and grow from each other. You know, I think that it really forced the, the online presence of education and connection, you know, like look at the boom of zoom and all these other like conference, you know, video conferences, platforms and so forth. I mean, I, I do think that the interpersonal will, will definitely come back. I don't think that Zoom will be the way of the future of all of all meetings. But at the same time, it, it really does give the opportunity for people to be more connected around the world so much easier. You know, and going on YouTube and, and seeing all of the free information out there about any topic that you want. You know, like, look at us developing web pages based off of, free content that we're able to access on YouTube, you know, like there, the information is out there to be able to continue to grow and better yourself. You know, now is the time to be able to really grab at whatever it is that your interests are, like really your passions and try to cultivate it. I think this is going to be an era of, of creativity, which I hope that's what the, the the silver lining that I hope that continues to, to grow as far as people really understanding that the, the, the information's out there if they just put the effort in. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, you've got to get past. You, you just said it right there. You have to be willing to put the effort into to go above and beyond and do the things that are that are going to open up your your mind and your eyes and 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 just become a better person as a whole. Yeah, and, and cultivate cultivate your passions. You know, but ex- exactly the silver lining or the the highlight of what we both just said is that you're in charge of your own destiny, and you have to do it. There, people aren't going to just hand it to you. And I feel like that's really been something that I've been focusing on this year. Um, it's my, my 2021, you know, goal, if you will, is to really focus on internal peace and internal happiness and what that looks like, what that looks like for me. And understanding that the job that I am doesn't necessarily define me and that being able to tap into what it is that I love to do and being able to look at it differently is, is ultimately going to make me happier. So that's, that's one of the reasons why I've decided to really push forward with the blog, push forward with the online stuff to push forward with all these things, because I am in a place where I'm just, I'm deciding that my, I'm not going to wait around for somebody to give me my dream job. They're not going to hand it to me. So my dream job is me creating it for myself. 1,000%. That's exactly right. You have to go get what you want. People aren't just going to go, you look pretty. Here's this. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. wouldn't that be nice <laughs> yeah. all right plug one more time your blog your website um your insta and then um i jen i appreciate you coming on it's it's uh it's been a pleasure talking to you and kind of diving into to what you do and because for me you know I, be, not being a wine guy and you doing what you do and having that passion and and that knowledge that you have has always been interesting to me so i'm glad that we were able to sit down and talk about it and and dive into that i really appreciate you coming on well it's been my absolute pleasure and it's just it's so great to be able to catch up with you in in any sense of the word but um it was a great opportunity to be able to share with you and share with whomever is listening out there um, just a little insight as far as like, hey, what's been happening down here in Florida? But as far as just like a little insights to to my world, and it's been a lot of fun. So I hope to continue that conversation and to be able to share more on my upcoming blog, um, which will be Psalm It Up. Um, so that it will be psalm-it-up.com. And then my Instagram handle is live at Summit Up. And then you can also find me on my personal Instagram at jschmidt009. Outstanding. Continued success. Uh, if I can help in any way, please reach out. And if you need to come back on and, and plug something else, and we can we can definitely do that as well. So, um Please I'd stay in to, touch. Yeah, maybe like especially like when all that stuff is actually live and all yes. that fun stuff, we can do a quick little plug. That'd be awesome. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, thank you for coming on and we definitely need to do this again. I definitely agree. And make that two week vacation down here a reality. Yes. That that's the goal. Cause I, <laughs> God, I'm, I, I just, I, I talk to, you know, different people in town here and kind of what their, what their expertise are and all that stuff. And we always end up on that lat, that Latin flavor. 
And I'm like, hey, I, I got a friend down in Miami that we could go down and spend two weeks with, and, and she could probably tell us the best places to go. So you come up in a lot of our conversations when we start talking about food. Oh, thank you. So thank you <laughs> I'm very much. I'm not that kid. I like, I like food. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank All you right, very I'll talk much. To you later. Yeah, you have You're a great welcome. day. All right. Mm, bye. You too. Bye.